you look at your outline this morning, the first point says, before Jesus was Lord, I was, you fill in the blank, before Jesus was Lord of your life, I was, and just put in there a few words, I was, and just kind of look at that. What did life look like before Jesus? That's what it's talking about in verses 1 and 2 and 3 in Ephesians 2. We were spiritually dead on your outline there. We were spiritually dead, hopelessly dead. Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they died a spiritual death. That connection with God was broken. Sin entered in. What else? Well, they became under the devil's control. Before Christ, we were under the devil's control. Amen? We were under his control, walking according to the world, taking cues from the world. We reflected the world. Amen? We reflected what the world said. And then finally, you know, we were indulging in the flesh. And you hear me say, well, you were under Satan's control, and that can be offensive to people, but it's the truth. You were living for you, which is the essence of serving the devil, living for self. You've heard me say this many times in, in the Satanic Bible. The first verse says, do what thou wilt. That's the first verse in that Bible, the Devil's Bible by Anton LaVey. Do what thou wilt. The essence of serving the devil is doing what you want, feeding your flesh, 1 John 15, 9, or 5, 19, 1 John 5, 19 says, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in the evil one. So indulging the flesh, the desires of the body, you know, I had Amanda and Taylor come up just to tell you a little bit about where they were, but look where God's brought them today. Nobody is beyond hope. Can I say that again? Nobody. I don't care what you've done, you have hope in Jesus. Indulging in the flesh, desires of the body, and the mind, oh my goodness. Then, as we're living for the devil, as we're walking in the flesh, we are subject to the wrath of God. Oh my goodness. Children of wrath, children of the world, children of the flesh. We were very, very dark in a dark place before Christ. But then after Christ, after accepting Jesus as my Lord, point number two, after accepting Christ as my Lord, I am what? I'm alive. I'm alive in Christ. We're alive. We're seated according to these scriptures. In Ephesians 4 through 6, we are seated with Him. Seated with Christ. That's amazing. Once dead, now alive? When somebody runs up to you and they say, I'm saved, we kind of, oh, that's nice. That, that's really nice. But if I ran over here to Kyle and I beat on Kyle's door and I said, and Kyle opened up the door and I said, Kyle, you got to hear, my life was saved today. I was saved, man. I was saved. And he'd be like, well, what do you mean, Owen? What happened? Tell me about it. Jesus changed me. We've got to have that excitement about what Jesus did for us. He saved us. 
Oh my goodness. We tend to forget about where we've come from and what Jesus has done. It's, we're miracles. He's such a good God. We're seated with him. And what I really like about this is we are a living display of God's grace. Oh, my goodness. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, your new name is Grace. You should be displaying grace. God's grace. Verses 4 and 5. Then after the picture starts with but a word, a conjunction, a conjunction there. Remember those that are my age? You would have those things on Saturday morning. Conjunction, junction. What's your function? Putting together phrases and clauses all day. Or, you know, I'm just a bill, just a regular bill. I was formed on Capitol Hill, but now I'm stuck in committee. You don't think you can't learn by singing stuff? I taught my youth the Old and the New Testament by, by doing that. We got Genesis, we did a rap. We got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Korah, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Isaiah, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Come on. <laughs> and I had guys get up with dark glasses on. And we had the rap and the music, and man, they sang it out, and everybody got it. Sorry, I'm bobbing here, so. <laughs> the function there of that conjunction is putting together phrases and clauses. God being rich in mercy and love. Us. Mercy is not giving us what we deserve. Mercy is giving us the gift, the gift of salvation. He goes on to say, as we get to verses 8 and 9, it is a free gift. Anybody ever give their spouse a gift, and then you said to them, now you owe me some money for this. That's not a gift. You know, that's an obligation. A gift is free. Jesus gave you and I a free gift, no obligation on our part. Isn't that good? But see, in the church and throughout scriptures, people try to twist things. Is there fruit in our lives? Absolutely. Are there things that come out of us that James describes as works? Yes, but it's a byproduct of the free gift. Paul says... He loved me so much, I cannot help but want to do things for him. It's out of love. There's no obligation. You know, I remember I, I, I had a guy come to me, and he goes, what day does your church worship? I said, Sunday, you're in sin. It's not the original day. Paul dealt with people all along. Peter even fell into this a little bit. 
If you're not circumcised, if you're not baptized in water, water regeneration, they've made a whole cult out of that, you're not going to heaven, but they cannot explain the thief on the cross. Water baptism does not save you. It's an example of what Christ did for you. But we put all these things on people, and the guy that came to me was a Seventh-day Adventist, and they believe you've got to keep all the Ten Commandments. So my response to him was, have you ever looked upon a woman and undressed her? He said, what? I said, you want me to keep the Sabbath? I'm asking you, have you ever looked upon a woman with lust? I'm not going to answer that question. I said, because Jesus says to think it in your heart is as bad as doing it. So you broke that one. Have you ever wanted to steal something or get jealous of what your neighbor has and you would like to possess it? And he's like, I'm just going to have you talk to my pastor. Because <laughs> he wanted to hammer one day, but there's nine other things there that they wanted to put obligations on. Being in Christ is not a license to sin, but when we understand it is a free gift, no obligation. Hello. A free gift. It's amazing. Verses 6 and 7, we get the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness. You can define grace as kindness or as a favor, Unmerited favor. It's like God's charis. That's what grace is in the Greek. God's charis. His kindness. His unmerited favor. No obligation. Oh my gosh, church. I don't care what you're going through in life, what you've gone through in life, where you've been. When you understand what Jesus did for you, he took Saul who became Paul, who was persecuting the church. He was beating people. He was having people murdered, stoned like Stephen. He was imprisoning people. He was really some type of a serial prosecutor. And he said, I'm going to change you from Saul to Paul. You're going to end up writing two-thirds. And I believe part of Saul's battle with the thorn in the flesh was Everywhere he went, you killed my brother. You had this person, this friend of mine, put in prison. You had this. And there was a constant reminder of what he did. And, and I really believe if he, would, he was saying to God, just remove this. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient. Don't let people bring you down with something that God has done to bring you up and wiped away. You are so good, God. This passage is fantastic. Remember, let me read this and we'll get to this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself, your own doing, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, my goodness. Remember when in 
Matthew 19, verse 19, the parable of a rich, rich young ruler, he came to Jesus. Let's just go there real quick. Matthew 19, 19, and behold, a man came to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do? What good deed? Remember the word good. What must, good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. And the man said, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. Another translation says that he called, he called Jesus the good teacher. Good teacher, Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're coming to me about your goodness. There's only one good. Was Jesus good? Absolutely. Was he the son of God? Absolutely. But he goes, there's only one good. That's my father. And for you to try to tell me you're good, and you're going to get to heaven because you're good, and you're telling me you've kept these, then go sell all that you have and come and follow me. And it says he turned and he walked away. We don't know what happened. Why? Because Jesus was saying, your goodness is not enough. Are you getting that? We can't be good enough. Jesus is saying, my Father is the only one that's good. But then Jesus goes and dies for us, gives us that mercy, that grace, and we take on that grace by faith, and faith is nothing more than receiving it, taking it in, and he says, because of that, because of me dying, going to the cross, raising from the dead, you have an opportunity to believe and receive. Man, God is amazing. He's amazing. Jesus came to do what you and I couldn't do. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. That last point is I am an example of Christ's love. I'm an example of Christ's love. We've got to understand salvation is not by our doing. It is a gift of God. And it's used in the context of a noun, giving willingly without cost. Why? Because it's free of no charge. If Jesus would have said, well, receive me and do, receive me and if you grew up in the Catholic Church, you can ask people, well, is Jesus Lord of your life? Well, I took the blessed sacraments. The blessed sacraments don't save you. Come on now. Well, I, I went through catechism and got my certificate, or I was dedicated to God as a child. That doesn't save you. I'm not knocking that, but man has come up with ways and obligations, and Paul faced that time and time again with 
religious people trying to add things to them. It's not a result of works, no boasting. All heaven points, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. Simply believe and receive. And I do funerals all the time, and I'll have family members, because they're grieving, give me letters, write out things that they would like me to read, or family members will get up there and they'll say, you know, Joe was a good person. He did this. They'll, they'll name three or four things that he's done in his entire life. But if Joe didn't know Jesus, your goodness, like the rich young ruler, doesn't get you into heaven. And they want to think, because the world thinks, well, I'm a good person, that's why I'm going to go to heaven. No, the only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus. Jesus is our only answer. And then they'll say something like, well, I know my uncle, my aunt, my grandparent, my sibling, they're an angel in heaven. We do not become angels. We are greater than angels in heaven. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. But because of Jesus' shed blood, we have a hope in those around us. We are His workmanship. That word in the Greek, workmanship, is pomeu which is the word for poem. You and I are God's poem. Oh my goodness. Whoo! We are God's poem. He's written a story for our life. That is so great. With heads about nobody looking around, you say, oh, and I, I don't know. I don't believe all that. I, I, I've done so many bad things. There's nothing you can do that God can't forgive you of. Now, you may have a trouble trouble forgiving yourself. With nobody looking around this morning, you say, Owen, I want to receive Jesus. I want this free gift of Jesus being Lord of my life. Nobody looking around. Would you just lift your hand up and take it back down? Yes. Yes. Anybody else? A couple of hands already gone up. Would you just lift your hand up and say, that's me this morning. I want to receive that free gift. Yes. Anybody else? I just want to receive Jesus. You can take it up and put it back down. Anybody else? Remember me this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, I know I've made a commitment to Christ, but man, I walk in such condemnation. I beat myself up every day, or I let others beat me up, or I let the devil speak to me. If that's you, nobody look at you say, I need to be set free from my past. Just lift your hand up and take it back down. Yes. Man, a lot of hands going up. Anybody else just remember me? Yes. Yes. Can I tell you, Jesus wants to set you free from your past today. Oh, my gosh, the devil's using that to keep you from stepping out and loving others. And you can't even love yourself. Stand with me this morning. It really is amazing grace. If you lifted your hand for any of that that I asked today, if you lifted your hand 
Nobody's looking around. For one of those two, would you just come and stand? Man, you're just declaring to the devil, I'm done. I'm done living like this. If you lifted your hand, even if you didn't lift it, would you just come and stand right here and face me? There was a lot of hands. Come on. I believe your faith by stepping out this morning, God's going to do something. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Come on. Don't worry about what anybody says. You're saying, I'm done with this. I'm tired of living in my past. I'm tired of the condemnation being beat up because of my own or what the devil's telling me or others. Come on. There were other hands. Don't wait on nobody. I'm going to ask you guys to move down here toward the center. Just move your way down here. That's right. Anybody else? Come on forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just keep bowing your heads, folks. We're just giving God time to work here, the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? There's a lot of folks that have come forward. Don't wait on somebody. Just like, you know what? I feel that tug going, and I hate that, but I know I need to go. Well, then don't worry. Just get on down here. The reason you're not wanting to go is the devil wants to keep you bound up, and God wants to set you free this morning. Whew. He wants to set you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on. Step out right now. Before I pray, I'm just going to wait a few more minutes. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Just going to wait a moment. Shaloi's going to read a scripture. I believe that the Holy Spirit just laid the scripture on my heart to read to you. This is um, out of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 43, 19, or I'm sorry, 18 um, through 20, I believe. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Anybody else should say, you know what, I need to step out. Now, can I get some believers to come and stand behind these that are here? You understand your freedom. You understand your identity. You understand what Jesus has done for you. And, and you know, you know what that really means to be set free. And you are tired of seeing these folks. Maybe they're a friend of yours. You're tired of seeing them bound up. Thank you, Jesus. You see, what's happened in the body of Christ is we don't get our identity. And then we let the enemy use our past to keep us from doing anything for his kingdom and it's under the blood as far as the east is from the west it's gone i want everybody at this altar to say this with me lord jesus forgive me of my sin my unbelief my doubt allowing the enemy allowing myself and others to keep me in condemnation. Whom the Son, Jesus, you set free is free indeed. I am committing myself under your authority. You're my Lord, you're my Savior. I receive you today. I rededicate myself to you today. I'm going to walk in that freedom.
where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, Lord, I pray for everyone, even those that have watched, those that didn't come forward. I pray, God, set them free right now. Let them walk in the surety of who you are. Let them take Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10, and let them implant that in their daily devotions to understand who they are in you and whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And God, you're going to do mighty things in and through them. We're believing you for that. We're asking you to do that. And we thank you, Jesus. We're going to close with, is this a scripture? Just one scripture and we're going to close. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. I have recently learned that the word that is translated mind also means imagination. Use the part of your brain that is your imagination to choose to focus on Jesus and not on your past. The one whose mind is stayed on you. So, Lord, let us go out of here today to make a difference. Allow us, God, to walk in that light, to be all that you've called us to be, to love you with our whole heart and love others as ourselves. Thank you for setting these folks free. In Jesus' name, if you need a Bible or If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. You can give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu, then you will scroll to the giving page, and there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the add a donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift reoccurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account. Enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the giving button, and then click continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana, 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Alive family, and we pray that God will bless you.